Hi and welcome to my podcast The Fertility Motherhood and Wellness Show True Stories with Dr Rajiv Through this podcast I will be dealing with issues related to fertility safe motherhood practices as well as women's health Beauty they say is only skin deep but it spawns an industry that's worth billions of dollars and rightly so after all who doesn't want to look beautiful Pregnancy is that special time when some things go right and some things just go horribly wrong. You're all excited about being pregnant and your life is going to change in so many beautiful ways. But with that joy comes a lot of skin issues. When you saw Karina Kapoor pregnant in the movie Good News, she looked all glowing with luscious hair and you suddenly find that that pregnancy glow hasn't come onto you. or some skin changes you know seem to be happening with you a thousand questions start racing in your mind and it is to answer all these questions of yours that we today have dr jyoti aneja here with us on this podcast on skin changes in pregnancy so dr jyoti aneja is a celebrity dermatologist and hair transplant surgeon practicing in mumbai for over 12 years she is the medical director and the chief at La Grace Luxury Skin Clinic in Bandra West she is also a visiting consultant at the Nanavati Super Speciality Hospital being an international speaker representing India in the world of aesthetic medicine and a trainer with Allergan Medical Institute and mentoring hundreds of young doctors she is also a passionate life coach out to make a difference ladies and even men for that matter you need to see her on insta If you aren't floored by her looks alone then her work her posts and reels and of course her fan following will all collectively bowl you over thank you so much dr jyoti for agreeing to do this podcast with me thank you so much dr rajiv for this overwhelming introduction <laughs> i'm laughing and this is an audio podcast so i'm sure you can't see but i'm overjoyed thank you so much for the kind words no pleasure is entirely mine So let's hit it with all the questions. So aesthetic dermatologist is it an additional pressure being a cosmetologist to always look pretty have flawless skin and be just absolutely perfect out there for all your patients? Well to be fair it's a professional commitment to look a certain way you know because all your patients are looking up to you. Flawless then I think we're all flawed in our own beautiful ways. But yes, I agree. I do put in some serious effort, and I definitely follow what I preach. Good. No, and and it's showing. It shows uh, on Insta. It shows in the in the real person. Absolutely. So, what kind of skin changes do you expect to see in the first three months of pregnancy? You know, because of less water intake, nausea, bad timings of food. Do you expect to see more acne in such women? So now that you're pregnant you're beginning to see many changes in your skin and let's start on a good note with a sudden glow but having said that it depends many women experience these varied collection of skin changes that crop up during pregnancy these could include mild rashes redness discolorations like cloasma you've got linea nigra i'm sorry for using technical words i'm going to describe them as we go along and obviously acne like you rightly said and other not so uh, delightful eruptions like skin tags also so many times you know you'll have so many mothers to be come to you and say you know I've got darkened armpits I've got darkened inner thighs and it does happen so it's largely those pregnancy hormones at work 
wherein causing your pores to secrete extra oil making you more vulnerable to acne and rashes especially on your face your palms and your soles and add to that your suppressed immunity and stretched blood vessels you have a perfect recipe for surface inflammation so now as you said we spoke about acne now if you've experienced acne at any point in life before your pregnancy you could swing either ways honestly it might clear up completely or you might just experience some worsening of your acne not every pregnant woman will experience all the same skin changes but what you should get ready for is new curves new shapes and a new skin too <laughs> very very true very well said um so with the coming of the second trimester what are the kind of changes in the skin that we can expect to see do things get better do things get worse new things coming up what happens in the second trimester so in the second trimester i'd say we are a little more used to being pregnant and while most women find the second trimester of pregnancy easier than the first your abdomen will expand as the baby continues to grow so be ready to welcome some stretch marks there's going to be some darkening of your skin around your nipples in your axilla again like the linea nigra that i said you may develop a mask of pregnancy onto your face there could be an itchy abdomen your palms and soles may feel itchy because of the increased blood supply and you could also notice some swelling of your ankles your fingers your face which is more pronounced when you wake up in the morning but it just goes down through the course of the day so you said we you know we spoke about acne in the first 3 months and you know it could happen because of variety of reasons any tips you would like to give women who are battling this uh, increased amount of acne in the first 3 months what they could do to try and control that so absolutely important is stay hydrated as much as nausea takes over in about 80 to 90% of women especially when you're a primary uh, and you're you know pregnant for the first time it's very important to stay hydrated please stay clear from popping your zits you know it's very tempting to pop your zits but you do not have to touch your face you are allowed to use some acne medications which is like you know amuperonisin ointment or clindamycin ointment that can be applied topically only where you have your acne so please go and consult your doctor it's not that you're pregnant and you've got acne and there's no treatment that you seek for it a lot of medications that we give for acne on a non pregnant uh, woman would probably be contraindicated while you're carrying the baby but there's still quite a lot that we have in our basket that can help you battle your acne and you don't really have to live through this all these 9 months absolutely you know Uh, treatment is expanded so much and as you said you know refer to your doctor but honestly as a gynecologist i only have that much of in, uh, you know knowledge and information and i always feel that there should be a team which is looking after um, every patient pregnant or otherwise you know there is uh, a dermatologist who's looking after the skin because those are things which i don't understand there's a nutritionist there is someone dealing with exercise and so on and so forth so someone as expert as you needs to be consulted to make sure that the patient does the right thing now you mentioned words like linea nigra and cloasma so for the sake of our listeners could you just explain these terms a little more in details please sure so linea nigra or the pregnancy line simply put is a dark line that runs from your navel to your pubic bone it's a physiological form of hyperpigmentation commonly seen in about the first trimester of pregnancy in say about 90% of women and in most of the cases it could be one of the earliest indicators of pregnancy you know in old times when some some old lady would come see and just tell you okay how you are pregnant so this was one of those signs right right 
and uh, along with the darkening of this line you may notice darkening of nipples and genitals also because of increased melanin synthesis and if you ask me uh, all you young moms out there there's nothing to be worried about there is no treatment that's required this line fades away on its own post delivery and the only uh, two cents i have for you all here though covid restricts it for most of us but if at all sun exposure to the abdomen is to be avoided otherwise this line could just become darker i think you said the most important thing in the end that the line fades away in most people okay. that's what every everyone i think would want to hear uh, that it goes away absolutely cloasma or the mask of pregnancy as we'd like to call it is an acquired hyperpigmentation of the sun exposed areas of the face that occurs in about 50 to 70% of the pregnancies that we see it is a little less forgiving than the linea nigra and it's most commonly seen around your cheeks your upper lip your forehead or your chin in the shape of a butterfly so this condition though is self limiting however the spontaneous resolution of this is time consuming so if at all you might just want to consult your doctor and it's worthwhile to prevent the onset by strict photo protection you should wear a hat when you're going out wear a physical sunscreen whenever you are step, stepping out but make sure you are protected because if this develops it's an adamant pigmentation and it does give us a tough time but you say there is or there are treatments available by which you could manage it post pregnancy if at all it troubles women Yes it does. So we definitely can help it. We definitely can lighten the pigmentation, but it does take a long time and what happens is in a female's body there's a lot of hormonal uh, play that's happening all the time. So once your pregnancy hormones are taken care of, you are any which way is going to be on a constant roller coaster. So it's like a little tricky situation to manage and it is a dermatologist's nightmare. So I would say prevention is better than cure. Right. Another problem which really troubles women and uh, plagues them during pregnancy are stretch marks. Would you like to throw some light on when do they start appearing and can we do something to prevent them? Stretch marks. We call them the pregnancy stripes. These days, you know, we see a lot of women flaunting them. Right. So, so when the skin stretches beyond its elastic limits. So your belly and the breasts, these are the two areas that grow the most. so it's that's the reason it's one of the most talked about skin changes that occur during pregnancy but you may experience some stretch marks on your thighs your buttocks or your upper arms also so like you rightly said about 90% of the women will get them i am not saying this to disappoint or dishearten you but it's just the way our skin grows and around your 6 to the 7th month of pregnancy probably when you're really stretching is when you notice some stretch marks And if your mother has had stretch marks, chances are you'll more likely develop them too because genetics does play a role. Now moving on to what we can do to prevent them. So there's no bulletproof solution unfortunately, but the best thing that you can do is keep the skin hydrated. Like apply a lot of moisturizer, avoid hot water showers, make sure that you're moisturizing your belly. You've got these amazing uh, belly balms and nipple balms that are available these days. So please make sure that you apply them generously at least twice daily and keep the skin hydrated. You know one thing uh, Jyoti which I've uh, seen in women is women who have been exercising you know very rigorously before uh, pregnancy and their skins are taut 
their skins are also more elastic so it's you know about the skin if it is elastic will stretch during pregnancy without tearing and it will stretch back again so some of these women tend to have much lesser stretch marks than women who have not been exercising and their skin isn't so elastic absolutely i agree with that and secondly you you said about the moisturizing bed i always tell patients that you know when um, a doctor or say anyone touches your your belly or the areas where stretch marks may develop it should be so well moisturized that the you know the the fingers actually slip off greasy. skin it should be greasy exactly so uh, well moisturized skin would probably reduce uh, definitely can't prevent them but reduce the chances of uh, having stretch marks correct So, like you said, uh, Dr. Rajiv, that's what we were trying to emphasize here. A stretch mark develops when your skin is stretching and tearing. It's like gaping of a cloth. How it happens? So, it's the tear of the collagen and the elastin fibers underneath your skin. That's why the skin does not give away completely, but it just starts thinning out. You know, it starts becoming paper thin in areas. So that we're trying to do. So, when you're exercising, your skin is firm. The elasticity is intact, and in most of the cases. your skin may stretch enough but sometimes you know if you're looking at a twin pregnancy like a multiple pregnancy and a primary woman the skin may just stretch a lot in those cases stretch marks are pretty inevitable but having said that the best uh, bet that you have at your end is to exercise well keep your body toned and moisturize right let's move on to hair changes in pregnancy how do you see hair changes happening in pregnancy So you see more pregnant women than I do. <laughs> If as for hair, it feels thicker. It looks amazing. Your hair is shiny. It's healthier than usual. It's probably growing faster too, you know. But the downside of this hormonally triggered hair situation, in my case, I would say, is you may suddenly sprout strands in places you'd rather not. including your face your lower back you may just sprout some hair around your areola your nipples your abdo line might just have some dark pokey hair but the good news again that i bring with me is don't worry most of the excess hair does fall out within 6 months of giving birth and if not we have the most sophisticated lasers to take care of that post lactation fantastic there's always a silver lining in the end totally always So what about hair color this is a very common question i keep getting asked all the time so can women get their hair colored so interesting uh hair color per se i would not say is dangerously toxic but you should wait till the second trimester you know you should that's always a safer period in your pregnancy i'd say and whenever possible select alternative treatments like rather than growing all global speak to your stylist get some streaks get some highlights and if you're choosing a hair color go for safer options so you can go ammonia free bleach free tell your stylist to use like a semi permanent hair color do not go like all out and go all blonde where they're bleaching your hair exposing you to chemicals for a very long time and there are other safer options also like these days you know you get these natural vegetable dyes and you right. got henna also but another point now that you bring about hair color i would just like to bring it uh, to our notice if we have any hair stylist mommies to be who are around uh, hair color like very often okay the best thing that you could do is make sure that you're changing your gloves very often do not touch your face or your hair with your gloves never eat around your workstation and 
take constant breaks and there should always be a mask on you know because when you are constantly exposed to the hair color when you're coloring it for yourself it's going to be like once in six months affair but right. when you're constantly exposed to hair color there are these toxic fumes that are not good for you or the baby so i definitely would like to say in that case you need to take frequent breaks and absolutely no eating around your workstations that's excellently put forward because we are always talking about the women who come to our clinics we're not never talking about the the stylist would yeah. be doing that job and may also be pregnant at some point in time absolutely absolutely no but i would like to say if changing your hair color helps you feel better just go for it <laughs> and what about things like uh, laser hair removal waxing of the underarms and legs and say bikini waxing so while you're pregnant laser hair reduction is an absolute no but hygiene is paramount pregnancy or otherwise so it's totally safe to shave and wax your bikini underarms or legs however because of the increased sensitivity of your skin due to the hormonal changes it just might make the procedure a little more painful so i'd like to say stick to shaving in that case and if it is a planned pregnancy just get done with your hair reduction permanently like well before time it is really liberating so you would probably say stay away from the bikini wax as well so uh, it's not a no no you definitely can do a bikini wax but because of the increased blood circulation doctor usually uh, you know people find it very painful painful okay so you know if you want to just go easy on the pain i would say stick to shaving right. but if at all you can most of the women you know we are brave right so it's not like the first time that we're doing it it's a safe thing to do you can go ahead and do it no problems at all right uh, what are the skin treatments that women should not be doing in pregnancy at all Well, so now that you're a mother to be, everything needs extra attention from what goes into your body to what you put onto your face. A facial, I would say, can be done here and there, but you must avoid extensive heat treatments. Any devices that involve like a lot of electric currents, you should definitely not undergo injectable treatments like Botox, fillers, lasers, and I would say avoid deep chemical peels too. What is your advice uh, to women? in pregnancy so that they can keep their skin healthy and glowing and karina kapoor looking style you know kind of a thing so while you're going to be blessed with a glowing skin as in most of the cases facials are a safe bet for expecting mothers i mean who doesn't like a nice aloe vera massage and some skin polishing here and there personally i'd like to say hydrofacial is a great choice and most importantly i always tell all my patients what goes inside reflects on the outside so you got to eat right you have to hydrate well you have to sleep sleep is very important and so is exercise of course in moderation and i personally am a big fan of yoga i've seen this hydrofacial on some of your posts mm-hmm. i'm really curious what is it So hydrofacial basically is a mechanical device wherein we're just using water and oxygen and we're just uh, taking away the dead layer of your skin and okay. putting some serums into your skin for that nice healthy glow. So we've got multiple options. So obviously with pregnancy we don't do not use any uh, thick serums or any uh, you know uh, heavy chemicals but we do use some mild alpha hydroxy acids that just give you a nice hydration exfoliate your skin also and give you a nice healthy glow followed by a nice LED therapy to just stimulate some collagen into your skin so it's very relaxing so the name hydrofacial makes it sound like a facial it's more like a treatment the name of the device is hydrofacial but it's one of the top devices we have for glow and skin hydration does it make older men look younger as well wow what a tricky question <laughs> older men can <laughs> even look 
That's my bread and butter. We just never let you grow old. <laughs> I'm coming to Mumbai. <laughs> Most welcome. Looking forward. <laughs> so, itching in pregnancy is again a very common problem. Um, itching again of two types. I've uh, had women, or I have women all the time, complaining of itching on the tummy, which of course we understand is because of stretch marks and localized thing. But general itching in pregnancy. So, why does it happen, and what can we do about it? So there are many reasons why you may feel itchy during your pregnancy. I'll just try and elaborate a few reasons here. First things first is the stretching of your skin. So when the skin is stretching, like I earlier said, if it's your first pregnancy, if it is multiples, twins, or triplets, you tend to stretch your skin quite a bit. Definitely makes your skin itchy. If the skin is dry because of the hormonal change that is happening in pregnancy, it can make your skin itchy, flaky, as well as dry. Now, because your sensitivity levels are super high, you could definitely react to the perfumes and even the best of fabrics that you've been wearing all your life. You know, different materials and chemicals can literally rub you the wrong way. As for hormones, we know. So there's a chemical cocktail that you experience in pregnancy, which can affect anything from your mood to circulation. So yes, the itching also. So many times we have an underlying liver disorder that could give us some itching. Now again, sorry for using a very technical term, but I do need to just bring it up. There's something called pruritic urticarial papules and plaques of pregnancy. We call it PUP. So now this is an itchy rash which usually develops around the stretch marks during your late pregnancy. And if at all this or a crusty, itchy, bumpy lesion develops around your arms and legs and torso, you need to make sure that you need to report this. So that being said. Mild itching around your belly and your breasts, pretty understandable. But any time you experience intense, prolonged itching, you have to report it to your doctor. Right. We often get liver function tests done for these women, and we find the liver function test to be deranged. Absolutely. And then we have to give them certain medicines to try and bring those uh, liver problems down. And then the itching quite often gets much better. Right. We were talking earlier about uh, the hair and uh, hair being luscious and you know thick and full in pregnancy and looking all beautiful, but we also know that post-pregnancy there is a lot of hair fall. So can we talk about that? Why it happens and what can we do about it? So I always tell my patients: so you may love your locks right now, please do not get too attached to it. It's like you know my hair transplant patients in the early few months. I tell them the same thing, and same goes for my pregnant women. I always tell them these good hair day runs are going to end with your delivery. And the reason I'll just explain this, elaborate this for you is when the normal daily hair loss that is suppressed during your pregnancy resumes, it only comes back with a vengeance. So while you're pregnant, you know you're under the effect of your estrogens and the progesterones. Your hair is constantly in the anagen phase of your cycle, which makes it look thicker, it's stronger, it's healthier. Right. So once you are obviously the hormones start declining post the delivery of the baby, you will experience some hair loss. You know, once the baby is born, all the hair that did not fall out during pregnancy will. So this is called telogen effluvium. The resting hair falls. Right. So typically, this lasts anything between six months to about a year's time. In some patients, it may last about eighteen months also. And only treatment though here is patience. There is no magic vitamin, and normally you get your pre-pregnancy hair in about a year's time. But 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 if you feel you're shedding a lot with no end in sight, do speak to your doctor. 
Sometimes it could just be an underlying undiagnosed thyroid disorder or anemia, which when corrected would just solve your problem, you know. And if you think that your hair is bugging you, just try a shorter haircut. Look at the brighter side. You've just made a new baby, demanding all of your time and attention. Your hair probably was anyways going to end up in a ponytail. Absolutely. Sometimes it's also uh, the vengeance of PCOS coming back because the ladies put on uh, weight during pregnancy, um, aggravating her hormonal disorders of PCOS. The androgen levels have probably gone up and causing her a lot of hair fall uh, post-pregnancy. So as you rightly said, if it's not going away in some time, which it normally should, then get in touch with your gynecologist, or dermatologist, and they will know exactly what needs to be done. Absolutely. Look, sometimes all you need to do is just run a couple of tests and you know, we have a solution ready. So till you're lactating, any which ways there is an active treatment that's going to be involved, right? So we have to wait and watch. And by the time you finish lactating, which is about six to nine months time, there are so many treatment options in the form of peptide sprays. You've got other uh, creams and lotions that we can apply. We've got oral supplements we can put you on to. There are PRPs of the world that we can do for you. There is regenerative therapy. There's a, there's a whole bouquet of treatments that is available. So not to break your heart, first things first, hair loss does happen, I want to acknowledge it. Most of the cases, it goes back to where we started from and if it doesn't, it can it can be helped surely. Right. We also spoke about stretch marks of pregnancy uh, a little earlier in the podcast. Can they be removed? So Dr. Rajiv, like I said that time also, when it comes to stretch marks, I'd say prevention is better than cure. And by that, I mean moisturizing well while you're pregnant. With the advent of latest lasers and microneedling devices, we can minimize the stretch marks to a great extent, but removing them completely would be an over-alignment. Right. Also, women who've had a vaginal delivery obviously have a natural laxity of the vagina owing to the dilatation of the vagina. Three out of five women will also have urinary incontinence, that is difficulty in holding back their urine or you know, um, incontinence happening or leaking of urine when they are coughing or sneezing or laughing later on in life. Can we do something about that? Thank you for bringing this up and thank you for touching this topic. You know, stress urinary incontinence induced by childbirth can be quite devastating. You know, for all these young women, imagine the frustration of involuntary leakage of urine while you're just sitting and laughing, probably you just sneeze and you cough. But I must say, thanks to science, fractional CO2 lasers and the Avimbiac lasers, we now have safe, feasible and beneficial treatments for SUI which really work and they're actually minimally invasive alternatives to surgical management. So honestly, um, Dr. Jyoti, I'll bring out my experience in all this. Um, I got to know about the CO2 laser a couple of years back and um, you know the person who told me about it, she's my colleague from uh, Manipal and then she's now settled in Dubai. She's a huge advocate of CO2 laser and it was costing a lot of money and um, she kept pushing me saying that it's really brilliant, take it. And I was like, look, cosmetic products, do they really work? I mean, half the time they are fancy and um, I'm not too sure if, if it really is going to help and it costs a lot of money to me and thus obviously to the patient as well. Right. But she was persistent and I picked it up. And it's been brilliant. It's been absolutely brilliant. Women coming in with so much of uh, anguish because of leaking urine. Women saying that we can't exercise, we can't go out. Um, or even an urgent continence where they keep talking about the fact that they need to be um, you know, near a washroom all the time. 
they can't go out socially and the moment co2 lasers are used i'm not saying that all of them do 100% uh, brilliant mm-hmm. but most of them are you know have such brilliant changes in their lives they always come back so so thankful yes it totally is life changing agreed you know imagine you know it's a young woman that you're talking about and for that matter i would say we need to credit it to the device it is helping so many elderly women as well you know while we're talking about sui is something which is not so uh, so outwardly spoken in our country as yet i would say and so many women would not just come and complain about it you know they would be suffering in silence but they would just not be comfortable coming and speaking to you about it because they think there is something shameful and wrong with their bodies true so let's now move on to uh, the cesarean section scar so obviously someone has had a cesarean section there is a scar not everyone's going to have a brilliant scar at the end of it what can be done to ensure that the cesarean section scar is you know absolutely thin and nice looking and doesn't get seen too much later on i guess you should take this one because it <laughs> might be you can admit this say go to an obstetrician like also has an aesthetic eye because there's much that your dermatologist is going to be able to do while you're getting into the ot to get opened and bring the baby out so you know that becomes a priority that time we're really not looking at the size of the scar but it actually depends upon the person who's doing it for you also to be very honest i think it's a 50 50 okay. again because you know i do these surgeries all the time i found that some women tend to have a very nice toned um, skin mm-hmm. and when i'm suturing it back at as well the elasticity tells me that this woman is going to have a very good scar some of them have very lax skin and those scars you know no matter how much you try Uh, does not come out very well of course as you said during the surgery we do need to keep certain things in mind the kind of sutures we use how closely we give needle pricks etc does definitely help the kind of stitching we use helps but is there anything else um, we can do post surgery like for example i use this ointment called contract tubex gel yes uh, to rub do these things really help i mean again I give patients these um, silicone patches to put yes. uh, on the scar. I was just going to talk about that, you know. Right. So while uh, while the scar is still fresh, we've got these brilliant ointments that are available now that we use for uh, use for our acne scar patients also and the trauma scar patients too. So you know, you you need a nice silicone pad dressing. You apply these ointments twice daily, and after the scar matures. we can also subject it to some resurfacing with obumaglaze or probably some microneedling grade frequency that would also be done to help the scar in the long run so the scar can be helped because it's not just a skin scar that we're looking at there's also uterine scar so you don't definitely want to go beyond a certain depth right. but superficial uh, scar reduction i definitely feel we we have quite an amontorium and we can pretty much uh, minimize the presence and the look of the scar but again the hero here is your operating surgeon who should definitely help the dermatologist give us a scar in the first place right coming towards the end of the podcast some women tend to have a tendency to form a keloid mm-hmm. what is a keloid and how do we prevent a keloid in a cesarean scar if it does form can we do something about it okay so good we bringing these two questions together so simply put you know uh, when your skin is injured this scar tissue that forms over the wound to repair and protect the injury So in some cases like you said there's a keloidal tendency so the skin just the body just produces some extra tissue right and that grows forming like a smooth or a hard growth around uh, the lesion the actual wound which is called a keloid 
so although they're not harmful to your health but they do create a cosmetic concern because they are not the most pleasant looking uh, scars that we have and the way we handle it is we give you like we said you know silicon pad dressings we have these contract tubex and the other point uh, cicatrix ointments that we have there is always a pressure dressing and if the scar is fairly fresh we can always give like a mild dose of an intralesional steroid also to minimize the formation of the fibrous tissue and once the scar matures this cryotherapy where we're essentially freezing away the keloid with liquid nitrogen okay there is a laser option there too like i said before also i'm a little reluctant because although it's an option but it does have a risk of worsening the scar too because you have an underlying keloidal tendency so when i am inducing a selective thermal injury onto your skin there is a chance i might just give you another wound so i i'm not really an advocate for lasers in this case but most definitely the silicone dressings and the creams followed by intralesional reaction uh, injections if at all could be considered good option yeah thank you so much dr jyoti for you know coming on to this podcast highlighting so many different things pregnancy earlier used to be an event that um, you know mothers and mother in law said you have to be putting on weight and, and don't worry if your skin is not looking so good i mean you're pregnant i mean be happy about it i'm um, it's all right if your hair is not looking good and you're you know having all the horrible things probably in this pregnancy you're going to become a mother so think about that and forget about all the other negative things gone are those days yeah. women really like to and want to and deserve to enjoy their pregnancy and people like you are doing so much and bringing so much of information to women to make sure that their pregnancy is beautiful not just in terms of the happiness of the baby coming in but also because they're looking more radiant they're looking more beautiful in terms of looks as well so thank you so much thank you so much for having me dr rajiv this was a pleasure i hope you all helped with the information that we brought to you all i would just like to leave on a note where please understand pregnancy is the happiest reason ever for feeling like crap So it's totally okay. You don't feel good. It's totally all right if your hair is a mess. You're going to be overjoyed the moment you hold that baby in your arms, and I think it's all going to be so well worth it. So thank you so much. Thanks a lot. So this brings me to the end of yet another podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Thank you for all your reviews and suggestions. You're making my work so much easier and better. If you get a chance, do look up my website. www.drrajivagarwal.co.in and the associated blog i also have a youtube channel in my name do email me on fertilitywithoutborders@gmail.com if you have any queries or if you want me to make a podcast on any topic of your choice this podcast is available on anchor headphones spotify breaker google overcast radio public as well as the apple podcast do subscribe to any one of them or on apple podcast and leave your comments and suggestions looking forward to great interactions keep listening